fucking re- it was really good, man. They put some uh, spicy jalapeno coleslaw on top, and I, I'm, I'm a sucker for coleslaw. I love that shit. Yeah. But uh, the po' boy was really good. The French bread was excellent, and uh, I had like this banana bread beer by Wells. It was really good too. But man, like we came home, you know, we walked the dogs. And we like sat down and put on some Futurama and bro, we just like instantly knocked out. I don't know I what feel. the fuck it was. I feel, I feel. All right, so I want everybody in, uh, on the pre-roll land to hear this. Oh yeah, that's real good. That's real good. That's uh, you know, that's a toss-up between every time I die is the new black or that one Def Leppard song that I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think this is the first time ever on a podcast series we've indulged in alcoholic beverage while recording oh no there was midnight meditations but that doesn't count but we were already like yeah fucking plastered at we that were, point we were blasted at that point that is true but uh i decided because why not crack open a crack open a beer and i'm trying to go through this freedom of press because i want more i'll tell you this man um so this beer is um it's a sour session made from black currant or currant yeah. however you want to say it mm-hmm. i think um I think this is a really like underrated fruit because I've had current, I've had creamy current before, mm-hmm. and the way it was like a nitrous beer, so you like crack it open, it has like the, Ooh. you know, and you pour it out, and like the beer pours out, and then you get the cream on top, real nicely layered. It's it, like it's a it's a grape, right? I I couldn't tell. I think it's more like a blackberry, man. I think it's in that family. It's like, it's like an offshoot of both, maybe. Maybe somewhere in the middle. I yeah, I, I wouldn't call it purely grape nor purely blackberry, but so, somewhere in there. We're not a. We're not fruitologists or genealogists, and uh, I do we're, advocate. We just like beer. Yeah, I do advocate uh, this fruit in beer. I think it's a good fix. I still have my my Jillian that I was gonna crack open after the Bears won last week. Oof, let's not talk about that. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a frustrating weekend, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. But uh, so I still I, have it. I remember I looked at the score. I was like, "Yeah, we got this in the bag." And I, yeah. I went to go take a shit, and I was like, "Wait, what the fuck just happened?" Yeah, it, it, it is what it is. We had Maria Miguel over. Good, good. Uh, Maria, what are they doing? Maria is pregnant. Preggers, <laughs> so, bro. Yeah, we know that. But uh, I made chili, right? And the chili actually turned out really good. Very cool. Yeah, Very so cool. I'm quite proud of myself because I feel like I've accomplished something. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm learning stuff, you know. That's why I like I like cooking and I like woodworking because the results are like almost immediate, you know. Yeah. Granted, cooking is a bit more immediate because you know not every dish requires ten hours of cooking or yeah. prep time, whatever it may be. And so I, I just feel like it, I don't want to call it like instant satisfaction, but you get to see the fruit of your labor, yeah. there and then and indulge in it you for know? sure. And I feel like that's why we kind of gravitate towards well, a lot of men gravitates towards those two hobbies. Okay, I, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, and. Um, yeah, like you said, the kind of the instant gratification, especially with like with food. Like it, once if you cook a good dish, you're like super proud of yourself. You know what I mean? made um I sent you a video of them, but yes. I, I made mozzarella stuffed meatballs last mm-hmm. night. And so I bought a slow cooker, I think I mentioned it off here yes. the other week. Great investment, by the way. Um it was it was eighty bucks. I love it. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I took uh, some low moisture mozzarella, cut it into cubes. I got a pound of ground beef, a pound of Italian sausage, some eggs, some milk, uh, breadcrumbs, salt, pepper, and some parsley. Chop that all up. What kind of uh, breadcrumb do you use? Uh, for this one, we use the regular breadcrumbs, but the Italian ones would work just as well. Do you like panko? You gonna do the panko? Uh, I'm not too sure what panko is actually. It's like it's like more like a, I think it's more of an Asian. Okay, like a little a, uh, seasoned. Bread. Yeah, a little bit Asian, Asian seasoned, but. Because we made homemade mozzarella sticks, and those are good. My only gripe was that we used regular breadcrumbs, and it would have worked way better with Italian breadcrumbs. 100%. Yeah. But yeah, we made, um, you know, it's real simple. You just combine all those ingredients in a bowl, mash it up real nice, the consistency. Form them up. And then, yeah, you put the cube in there, and you, you make the ball around it. I think I made 15, and uh, tossed them in the pressure cooker for two and a half hours, and oh, man, those bitches came out, and it was like oozing with cheese yeah. when you like 
Couldn't do it. Throw that bitch in a fucking uh, French roll. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, man. They were they were like golf ball sized. I, I did buy a baguette, but we kind of cut it into small like uh, little pieces, you know. Yeah. But yeah, man. Maybe next time I'll, I'll get like a like a fatty like a hoagie roll and yeah. toss them in there. There you go. Now we're yeah. thinking. But yeah, that shit was good. Real easy, like twenty five minutes prep time tops. Yeah, definitely. So the, the chili was the same way. Like it was more toss it all up and yep. cook it. Mm-hmm. It was really good. But uh, yeah, man, that was last week. But yeah, I have Jillian sitting in the fridge for a rainy day, I guess. Um, so I guess we have to wait and see for that. Yeah, man, I love the uh, I love the Goose Island stuff. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to get around to Lolita yet, just because it's so fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. I think I was at um, I think I was at Sales, which is a liquor store in Lombard, but they had a four pack for like thirty six dollars, and I was like, maybe another day. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe maybe the week of payday, not the week before. And I was thinking about it. Uh, like, cause you know, you see what Goose Island did with the whole Cody Parky thing. How they what kinda, did they do? So basically, they had a big event at Goose Island yesterday, uh, saying that if you can make the field goal that Cody Parky missed, they'd give you a lifetime supply of beer, or not a lifetime, a year supply. But, oh my God, Goose but, Island! But they had to switch it because I guess you can't give away beer. I guess that's against the rules. I guess laws or something like a lottery law or something. Yeah. Shit. So they they said that they will buy you any 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 NFL ticket, and if you made a sixty five yarder, they'll buy you tickets to the Super Bowl. Damn. Oh. Unfortunately, nobody made that kick. Not one person made the uh, kick. All these Bears fans talking shit, yeah. but not one of them could have made it. Yeah, none of them made the kick. So they, that's funny, actually, because like, like I get it, and I, you know, I, I don't want to say I did professional sports, but I, you know, I, I competed, ran track. Yeah. I know that like mentality. It's the mentality you have that there's so much pressure. Like I, I used to play Yu-Gi-Oh competitively. I used to do all this like stuff competitively. Yeah. I know that fucking pre- that mind game. Definitely. You know, and I love how all these fans talk shit. And then Goose Island's like, all right. Put Step your, up to the plate. Yeah, put your money where your mouth is kind of a deal. So I guess they, they, they saved some money. They had like 150 kicks or something like that, and nobody made one. That's not, wild, Not man. a single kick. And I was telling Adriana, if I was Parky, I would just like embrace it and just, I would have showed up. And yeah, I, and made it. And made the kick. And then everybody would have whooped his ass yeah, right there. He would have got stabbed. <laughs> yeah, make definitely. it out of brewery, make it on the field. <laughs> definitely. But yeah. Man. I don't think he would have been welcome there. No, I, I think he would have got, he definitely would have got booed. I think either way he's going to Security. Get yeah. It's going to be bad, but. Oh well, man. We're moving on to you know the, the latest and greatest when it comes to the play, playoff football. And as long as the Patriots are still in, I'm happy. Good copy. But it is what it is. You ready, buddy? Oh yeah. Longest pre-roll in history. I feel like maybe. I don't know. Uh, getting there. I know yeah. we had like a fucking 25 minute pre-roll <laughs> one know. time. I don't know if it was that long. We have to look in the podcast history on that one. But it is what it is. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids podcast, episode number 101. 101, baby. Yeah, we podcast are. Podcast 101. Yeah, we are back to basics when it comes to the podcast because we're your introductory course to podcasting. I had a buddy who uh, who was going to Moraine, right? And he was going for a bit, but uh, he had to take a course called College 101, <laughs> but he like never got around to it to his last semester there. So they're like, here's where this building is. Here's how you do this. He's like, I know all this shit. I'm ready. I'm ready. Give me out. my credits. I'm walking out. <laughs> I'm walking out of this motherfucker. I just thought it was so funny. That is funny. That is very funny. So we, we, we got some we got some quality goodies for our podcast listeners today. We do. Um, we actually, I like the agenda because I feel like Monday to Wednesday, it's like maybe one or two topics. Yeah, and yeah. then like Thursday to Saturday, even Sunday today, it's like, oh, sprinkle this shit out Yeah. There. Definitely. So we got some good topics. Uh, we're gonna open up some of the notes with something I found interesting. Go ahead. So um, Apple's been in a bit of a bind lately because they're not selling as many new iPhones as they used yes. to, and it's starting to go down, right? Yep. And it's obviously because, well, one, when you annualize a product like that, you know, there's gonna be a certain time point where it just drops off and people aren't gonna be buying it. And two, they're getting more and more fucking expensive. You know what I'm saying? 
And it, like I feel. my so I know you bought the you have the what the X XR. You have the XR. So you you have like one of the latest ones. I still have my success, man. I'm not giving this thing up. Yep. I ain't giving up that Oxport. <laughs> so yeah. I'm I'm going to like ride this thing till it dies, you know? I feel. But so what they kind of compromised on is now uh the Apple TV service is going to be integrated on a lot of TVs and um on Samsung TVs. And I thought that was kind of funny cuz you know, Apple TV used to be this whole big exclusive thing. You got to buy its own box and all that good shit. But now they're kind of like, all right, let's work out a deal here. Yeah, definitely. So Apple's kind of playing it. I don't want to say playing it smart now because they've been doing ballsy shit, but they're making some moves to make sure they don't get left behind. Yeah, I think it's interesting, especially like when, like you look at the Apple uh, Samsung thing. It's kind of like competitors and now they're like working in collusion with each other. It's the weird. only thing that I and I know it's not going to happen because it's a huge loss to money. I am. Um, I remember I had a couple like uh, Google Play Store gift cards, uh-huh. and uh, the only thing I ever ended up buying was like two bucks, and I still have like I don't know like twenty five bucks on there. Yeah, and I'm like, well, maybe if I got Google Play on the iPhone, you know, I yeah. could utilize it. Some, but that's definitely never gonna happen. I don't know. I guess the day will come. I don't know. The day will come. Yeah, it's only a matter of time before Amazon has its own thing, and Amazon Kindle is like its own. Yeah, man. So Jeff app. Bezos is single now. Yeah, I heard about that. So here's the. I think it's kind of funny because I say fuck you to that guy because he's a piece of shit and he treats his employees like shit. But that's besides the point. Uh, moving on to like his personal life, I think it's funny that his wife is, is just ha- walking away with half his shit. Yeah. I think it's the ultimate. And now like, they're the richest man and woman in the world. Yeah, I think it's funny that she's kind of like, well, because think about it, when she married him, he was nothing. He was dirt poor like the rest of us. And it's like, well, she, yes, she she earns that. She was with him when he was nothing. Yeah, there's a couple laws that say, um, I think it's like a full marriage clause, something along those lines. Don't quote me on it, but it's like, you have to be married for at least 10 years before you can claim half of his shit. Yeah, because And they've been married 25. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I wonder what happened with that. I, I want to know the ins, ins and outs on that whole thing. I See, I'm kind of curious to see if, like, it got to his head and he started becoming power hungry, like shit we've seen, like, on Wolf of Wall Street and Goodfellas. I can believe or that. Or if it's generally because the marriage was falling apart and he was focusing more on work. I, 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 could, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Jeff Bezos' like, personality profile, yeah. so to speak. But um, I'm just mad. <laughs> I mean, because I got a buddy that um, he's a coder as well, right? He's a really good coder. I love him to death. But he'll like he'll work at work, and then he'll go home and continue to work for six to seven more hours. And it's like I get it. You wanna like you wanna be better, and you wanna better yourself. You wanna you know bring the company money and stuff. But dude, you're gonna wear yourself the fuck out. Yeah, you're gonna you know. And he's like he, he's 25 with gray hairs, like a whole bunch of gray yeah, hairs you're, already. You're gonna burn. You're burning the and, candle at both ends at that point. And you know, like I've been on both sides of that argument because like sometimes like. You'll be driving home, and then it's like, oh, fuck, what if I tried this? I didn't think about this at work. And then, like, you know, you'll put in an hour or so. Like, I get that. That's fine. Yeah. But to do it every day consistently from the time you wake up to the time you fall asleep, that's what's going to kill you. I feel you. You got to have that balance, man. And I don't know. I can't speak on Bezos' behalf, but I think that's what got to it, man. Lord knows. When you're leading Amazon, like, when you're up there. When you're conquering the world. Yeah. You know, some uh, Umbrella Corp shit. Yeah. You got you to gotta invest your time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I say fuck them when we're moving on. All right. So I have a serious question. Is chicken tenders fried chicken? Um, it's breaded and deep fried, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, it's fried. It, it, it's a it's a subset of fried chicken. You think so? I think it's it's like um, you know how metalcore is like underneath the metal umbrella, but it's not quite metal. It's kind of like metal and hardcore, right? That's yeah. metalcore. I think that's what we're looking at because when you want fried chicken, you're kind of expecting this thing. And although chicken tenders does fit all the criteria for that, you know, a rectangle is a square, but a square isn't a rectangle yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's that thing. Definitely. It's that same category. Like, uh, yes, it's fried chicken, but it's not a 10-piece bucket with wings. Yeah. You know? No, I feel you. Because there was something that hit, hit me in the head yesterday, the other day. I'm thinking about it. I was, I was eating uh, chicken tenders. And I'm like, 
is it fried chicken? Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Technically. I, me and Adriana kind of sat there puzzled and looking at each other like, I don't know. So I put it on Facebook and people are like, well, yeah, it's breaded. Like you said, breaded, put in a deep fryer. Yeah, it's chicken, right? Fried chicken, I guess. So, yeah, I, I want your guys' opinion. Criteria, on. Man. Tweet, tweet at us. Our <laughs> chicken tenders fried chicken. Our chicken tenders fried at chicken. At Second City Kids. Yes, please tweet at us. I want to know what your guys' opinion out there on Twitter land. But, yeah, so that's something I wanted to bring up. So yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting point. Sliding around to the next topic. This is something that I put on the docket. Uh, yeah, like I, 10 minutes ago. As we, as we talked about it. So... I, there was an article that came out. Again, I don't know how legitimate it is, but the fact that it, that it came out is interesting to me. It says that scientists have worked on and created a liquid, cybernetic liquid metal. Well, I don't know. What, what's the correct word for it? Like a machine or something? Yeah. It forms around. It can make its own shape. Yeah. It's a, it's a liquid metal robot, let's say. And I put out immediately into the, the group chat and my it family chat. It was T2 chat. not a warning. Yeah. yeah. It was T2 not like yeah like a, like a like a cautionary tale when it comes to creating these kinds of things and i have a theory sure <laughs> i mentioned it in, in in the the chat and i said my theory is is that james cameron is a cybernetic organism that skynet said back through time uh, okay so let's talk about how we got to this conclusion yeah. so i sent you the question yes. i was like i totally agree with the terminator thing cuz but my whole thing was like i'm curious to see if they would have made something like this if it wasn't for the terminator movie like, yes like, you know, like how we say life inspires art, but sometimes art, art inspires, inspires life. Indeed. So I'm kind of curious to see if like if the Terminator series had never been released, if something like this would have been formed or would have been totally like an S9 idea. Or if like the guys in there were like, dude, what if we made something like the Terminator? You know, I wonder if that's what inspired them. So, yeah. So, yeah. And that's a very interesting point in itself. And yeah, you would think so. Right. You would have to. Have some it, part. it makes sense because, I mean, we've seen it on the big screen, but I'm sure this is something that's been in development for a while. Yeah. But. Yeah, man. Skynet is here. Um, we have that on the technology front. Like yeah. I said, Amazon slash uh, the Umbrella Core. That's next. Slash, they got the underground slash Disney. Hive. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we got the underground hive already a building. So if you see zombies walking around and you have an Amazon Basics thing in your home, just remember that you funded these zombies. <laughs> <laughs> the world is coming to an end as we know it. Oh, and um, Resident Evil 2. Two weeks. I will give my review on that. Ooh. There is currently a demo out there. Um, and the demo is a one shot, so you get thirty minutes to play it, and that's it. That's your cutoff. That's time. cool. I like after that. After thirty minutes, you can, uh, I believe, you could replay the same level as many times as you want. But after that thirty minute point, you're done. I like because that because they don't want to give too much away. That's fair enough. And so I was listening I mean, to a couple. Of, I'm still going into it blind, but they they're not doing the fixed camera angles anymore. They're doing good. the over shoulder style as in uh, Resident Evil Four, which mm -hmm. I think is a good upgrade. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they're redesigning a lot of these rooms they and, and atmospheres. Yeah, they, they have to. And um, the mentality behind it was it's still going to feel like Resident Evil 2. You're just going to notice some visual differences to accompany for the new technology mm -hmm. and the, like, you know, the expectations. The, the advancements of, of gameplay. So I am super excited for that. Like I said, I, I quote unquote have it pre-ordered. I got it with my new graphics card. And so I'm excited to play that and we will see. There's no quote unquote game. Well, you, okay. It's pre-ordered. You pre-ordered it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So yeah, James Cameron. He, uh, back from the future. Yeah, cyber organism that's kind of set back through he's time. He's not as big as he was in the movie. Well, definitely. <laughs> I think he came back, he's like, yeah, I want Arnold to play me. <laughs> no, but think about it, because uh, the, the, the T-1000 was the smaller guy in, in T-2. Oh, yeah. Yeah, slim, normal guy. Uh huh. Oh, the real Slim Shady. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's talk some movies. All right. This is I put together a list. All right, let me know. I know we kind of did album expectations last year, but... I have a couple movie expectations, and I want you to gauge your interest from one to five. One being, by the way, yeah. this whole gauging of the interest thing is going to be a big um, theme with this week's podcast. But cool, very going. cool. Um, so one being 
no interest at all to five like i'm definitely going to see this Sweet. in theaters um all right so how to train your dragon three five yeah i as well want to see that in the theaters many was like oh i'm okay if we don't see it. i was like no i haven't seen any of them in theaters and we're gonna go see this one you haven't seen any of them i in hopped theaters? on that train super late this wasn't something that appealed to me because i believe the first one came out in 2013 ish and 2013 14 and i was kind of on my like I'm too old for that, man. No, not even that. I was just starting to get into like the weird, deep shit movies that kind of inspired me to be who I am. Okay. And so I kind of put it back on the on the back burner, and I ended up loving the the two movies, and I'm going to see the third one. This is mm-hmm. our chance. So Very five cool. for me as well. Uh, Captain Marvel. Four. Four. Yeah. I think that's fair. Brie Larson's our girl. I love her. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, the I trailer was solid, but I'm going to wait for for kind of I don't want to say reviews. I'm just going to give it some time. Yeah, let it breathe. Yeah, let it breathe. Uh, Lego Movie Two. Have you seen the first one? I have. Did you like it? I liked. I like the Batman Lego movie. Lego Batman. Oh, you like that one awesome. more? Awesome. Uh, yeah, I liked it more. Uh, I'll say three. I'll like say a three? three. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Hellboy. You're hyped on this. I know you are. I'm. I'm a five. Yeah, you're a five. I'm more like a two and a half. I'm not crazy, crazy about. You're it. not crazy about it. Well, I'll give you my review and then you can judge for yourself. Uh, yeah, I'll look into it. Maybe we'll see. I know my wife loves it, so Lord knows we'll probably end up seeing him. Yeah, but. I, I'm hoping for the best. Uh, La Llorona. Like a four for me. Yeah, like three, four. Uh, we kind of discussed this, man. It's like 10 years too late. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, <laughs> that's, that's going to be a new game 10 years too late. Yeah, right. Uh, The Avengers Endgame. Four. Four? Yeah. Good copy. You know my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John Wick Chapter 3. Five. Okay, good copy. Uh, Godzilla, King of Monsters. Five. Yeah, same here. <laughs> when you said to go watch the trailer, I was like, fine. And I was like, okay, yeah, now we're on board. <laughs> and the whole Mothra and King Ghidorah. Yeah. All that good shit. The movie looks excellent. Oh, my God. Yes. And I love how... Because I told Maddie we're going to go see this. Oh, excuse me. Oh, my God. The and beer's I, getting to you, buddy. It's this coffee and beer, man. It's that combination. It's uh-huh. deadly. But um, I love how there's only one movie in this new timeline at the moment. So it's that. And let's jump right into the good stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dark Phoenix. Ah, that's weird. That's a that's a, it's a weird spot. I'll put it at a four. I, I'm kind of concerned about this movie. Yeah. I do want to see it because I love the X-Men. You know my opinion on that. Mm-hmm. But I am kind of concerned. And I'm kind of interested as to why they didn't call it X-Men Dark Phoenix. Is this like a new branch or what is this going to be? You know, because this is the first time they've done it in this I, timeline. Would, I would, It wouldn't surprise me if they're, instead of giving it the X-Men branding to have the confusion, mm-hmm. if they're just going to name it like its own. Each episode or each movie is like its own chapter. So as opposed to having the kind of the overall like title, it's going to be like... Logan, for instance, and Dark Phoenix, and maybe... So Mr. each kind of comic line has its own... Mr. Sinister will probably maybe be named one of them. I don't know. Uh, that's something that I would think. I think it's kind of a way to kind of differentiate it from the other stuff that they did Right, previously. but I mean, I, th- I think it was expected from uh, the Wolverine line, because it's been Wolverine, this yeah. and that, and then Logan, which is kind of the grown, mature, you know, God of War 4 version of what, everything we've got. That's a great comparison, Gabe. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah. I love Logan. That's, that's a great comparison. I, I've spoken extensively about it. But yes. I think it's kind of interesting because if you look at the main timeline now, it's X-Men um, First Class, X-Men Days of Future Past, X-Men Age of Apocalypse. And then obviously you got Logan in there. And so now it's like... There's a lot in between there. Yeah. A whole lot missing in between now. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm kind of worried. I know this one is going to be like a six out of five for you. Toy Story 4. Six out of five. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then uh, the last one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, that's the... Yeah, uh, the five. Tarantino yeah, yeah, 5 yeah, as well. Absolutely. Um, so fun little fact. This is just covering... January to July. Wow. So in the first six months, we got a lot of, and I didn't even list everything. Like we got New Mutants and we got a whole bunch. Of, I just kind of cherry picked here. 
Very cool. And um, yeah, man. Oh, by the way, uh, I saw the casting for It Chapter Two. Yeah. And my boy James McAvoy is in there. I really like him. Oh yeah. I, I like James McAvoy, um, Colin Firth, and Leo. I would say are like my top favorite actors. Fair enough. Yeah, I I, I like McAvoy, man. He's got something about him. So, where's Tom Hanks fall in your fall on your in your list? I really like Tom Hanks. I don't think I've. In regards to his movies, I don't think anything that he's been on is on like my top list, okay. or at least my like you know top five. But I really do like him as an actor, yeah. and I think it's kind of circumstantial because I think his movies are really wholesome and excellent. And I'm sure once I see Mr. Rogers, he'll he'll qualify on yeah. there, you know. But it, it's just a matter of the movie he's the movies he's acting in don't necessarily appeal to the movie I'm trying to watch. Yeah, you feel me? Yeah, definitely. You know? That's fair. It, it's kind of like um. Well, I don't want to compare it to Roseview because that album's fucking grown on me. But it's kind of like, it's good. Yeah. It's really good. But sometimes I kind of want some grimy shit. Yeah, I, I would compare it. Like, if you, if there's like a, one of those critically acclaimed actors or movies that, you know, people really harp on. And I feel like it's not really your cup of tea. I could, I always kind of put it in the Beatles category. Like, I can understand the influence that the Beatles have. And I get why people really love it. It's just not mine. You know yeah. what I mean? That's kind of how. Yeah. Did you did you have a Beatles face out of curiosity? No, never. No? Never. I had... um. My buddy was really big on the Beatles, but my household was Pink Floyd. My household was like, you grew up on Pink Floyd, excellent, boy. Excellent choice. And um, so did you have like a... like a as far, as far as like things I grew up on, oh man, um, my dad loved the Carpenters, man. My dad loved the Carpenters. Good choice, man. Good yeah. choice. My dad loved the Carpenters. Uh, as far as like rock, my mom loved Offspring. Offspring was a big... Oh man, I love those guys. Big influence. Uh, growing up, Creed. My mom loved Creed. Big influence growing up. People say what you want to say about them. But Mark Tremonti is an excellent guitar player. You'll never take that away from him. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. You know? Good shit, man. Yeah. yeah I think everybody kind of has that coming of age phase definitely. where uh, I don't know what to listen to. Dad, help me out or something. Yeah, definitely. You know? Good uh, stuff. So Tom Hanks and Offspring. And how do we get here? Let's talk some. <laughs> uh, speaking about the Offspring, let's talk some stuff about the mid-90s. Okay. So so this was a movie uh, we spoke about, and I didn't give a review on it. We just kind of talked about Jonah Hill uh, kind of coming of age from actor to director. Yeah. And uh, to, 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 to comedy actor, to bona fide A-lister, Oscar nominated to director. And I kind of mentioned this when we were talking about, I, I wanna, was it Halloween? Maybe it was Halloween where you're like, oh, who do you think can do like the funny role but also the serious role? And I said McBride. Mm-hmm. And I think I said Jonah Hill. I, I believe that's how the conversation went, right? Uh-huh. And then you were like, oh, Jonah Hill, blah, blah, blah. But then we saw this this movie trailer. And you're like, you, you know, you, you kind of came called back to that conversation. You're like, you're right. So, um, first and foremost, this movie is on Redbox. And so, uh, yeah, because we were at Julia today picking up some baguettes. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's see what they got on Redbox. Mid-90s. So, seriously, go, go do yourself a favor and go pay the dollar seventy-five and grab this movie from Redbox. That, that was going to be my first question is where do I find it? Cause Redbox. Because not on Netflix, uh, not on Hulu at the moment. Um, it's, wow. it's on Redbox. Mm, Let me talk a little bit about this movie. This movie... Um, Oh man, I don't even know where to start, dude. It this movie hit me so hard because I can relate to almost every single thing that happened in it. Very cool. And we kind of spoke about this how Jonah Hill kind of grew up in the same time frame we did. Granted, he was a couple years earlier, so he grew up in the actual mid '90s. We kind of came of age to tail end of mid '90s, early 2000s, right? But this movie is about five or six young kids who are skaters, and that's kind of their thing, man. They skate, they skate to get their stress out, they skate to get their feelings out. And one of them is like the new kid, um, and he like sees these guys. He's like, I want to skate. So he learns how to skate, and he starts hanging out with them, and they get themselves into a bunch of shit. I don't want to give away too much, but the premise is real simple. It's just it's just a couple young guys. Youngest is, I think, like 
12 and it goes to like 18. Okay. And they just skate, man. That's that's like what they They're do. Just that's the thing. They're yeah. just skater boys, you know, man, just bullshitting, skating. And wow, this movie was brutal in all the right ways. Okay. This is this <laughs> man, I'm, I'm like starting to water up. You got to sit down and watch this film. All right. I'm not going to give away the pay, the the end, but dude, that payoff was so perfect. This movie encompasses everything what Everything it meant to be to be in like the MTV Jackass era, it encompasses everything it meant to be to to be a skater in that time frame. It encompassed, it encompassed the nineties, man. It was so beautiful. So I, I was thinking about it because this when you after you mentioned it, I'm like, man, what other movie kind of defines a generation and kind of brings together like a thing that kids. Goonies. That's once that's something that came up, but kind of like defined what a generation did and based on around one simple topic, right? And I thought of the Sandlot. Yeah, absolutely, Sandlot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That's perfect. Yeah. So I'm like that. What? what so what I'm thinking is, granted, it's, it's a more mature themed thing. I'm sure. Uh, what the mid '90s is doing for skating and kind of that was kind of baseball and the '60s with the Sandlot. So that's just something that I crossed my mind. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it, and I'm glad that you told me where I can find it because I'm gonna so. Die. So here's what I'll say. Um, and I know it's kind of too late to change my list of 2018, and I'm not I'm not necessarily changing. I'm just kind of giving it in comparison to my list. If if this new Halloween movie wasn't the perfect sequel, like up there with T2 and Empire Strikes Back era, that kind of zone, mid-90s would have been my pick. Okay. If if Halloween was kind of its standalone thing, if it was a reboot or whatever the fuck, you know, if it wasn't so good in comparison to its legacy, mid-90s would have been there. Okay. And, and for my for comparison, my reptilian of a girlfriend, um, <laughs> she was, she's like, after the movie, I, I asked her, I was like, so how'd you like it? She's like... I didn't like it. It made me. It made me feel things. But, you know, she loved it. Yeah. But she was kind of like, you know, she yeah. felt kind of moved by it. And I honestly, dude, Jonah Hill's gonna go places. How? Okay, so from her perspective, because she wasn't, like you said, she wasn't of that. That she you know. she didn't. Okay, let me let me say this. She grew up kind of in the. Uh, uh, how do how do I put it? She didn't grow up around the skater guys. She was mm-hmm. always a good girl growing up, you know. Yeah. But like you and me, we, we kind of had the same mindset. We were I don't want to say troublemakers, but for lack of a better word, we were kind of troublemakers, man. We did we whatever the, the fuck we, we wanted, hung out with whatever the fuck yeah, we wanted. Yeah. We we hung out with with uh, troubled kids, and you know, we yeah, did dumb definitely. shit. That's like if you grew up around Chicago or the South Side, like that's what you end up doing. You hang out with whoever the fuck you want, and you do what we're doing. Yeah. I like I said, man. This movie this movie spoke to me on like a very deep level because, granted, you know, I didn't do. I didn't do all that shit, but a lot of it felt like familiar enough, man. Like they're, I remember they were skating at like in front of the courthouse. Right. And then somebody goes five Oh, and everybody starts running. Like, dude, that was, that was yeah. me, man. That was yeah. me like nine years ago. Cool. Okay. I know that feeling, but honestly, do yourself a favor. This is the best dollar 75 you can spend on a little under two hours of entertainment right now. And like I said, dude, this, the movies pay off, man. You're going to sit there and you're just going to, you're going to be silent and you're just going to clap at the end. All right. And, um, I, I think it's, it's, this movie is a double edged sword. And here's my opinion on it, right? Because if you if you're in like the age where we are, right? The the I don't want to call it millennials, but if you're between eighteen and like twenty eight right now, I'd say this movie's gonna appeal to you on a very like cosmic level. Like this movie's gonna sum up your childhood and it's very beautiful. Cool. But I feel like because of that as well, it's gonna exclude a lot of the older generations and maybe some of the younger ones. But that's fine though. Yeah. Not not every movie is made for everyone. You know what I mean? Completely agree. I just think it's kind of unfortunate because this is his debut in regards to movie making. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love this film. But I promise you, if you ask somebody like your dad or my dad, they're going to be like, yeah, it was all right. Because okay. they didn't grow up around that. Uh-huh. And man, the only thing I could tell you is that seriously, sit down and give this movie a watch. That's the only praise I can give. Mm-hmm. Because 
this movie kind of summarizes everything we've been around and everything we kind of came from. Cool. And if you want to relive your your dog days, man, this is how. Copy that. Loved it. Awesome. Very good, man. So Jonah Hill, thank you. Good job. (laughs) At a boy. Also, one one last little tidbit, right? All right. And uh, um, so the kids, none of them were, well, they, they are actors technically, None of them are like perfect looking. None of them are beautiful. They're not Hollywood actors. Mm-hmm. They picked out skaters. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like what Jonah Hill did was he, he went, let's go to a skate park. Pick let's pick up. out kids that kind of fit my criteria. Mm-hmm. Let's give them a three-week crash course on how to act. And it worked perfectly. Because the, these kids genuinely know how to skate. Oh, uh, okay. So, like some of the older kids, they know how to fucking skate, man. They're pulling those fucking shove-its and impossibles. And they're grinding away, man. And and I think that was a really good choice. Because nothing feels fake everything feels so genuine and down there i think it's very important for that style of movie is to you could feel the, the the grit underneath your fingernails if it's too shiny people see through that so uh D- damn i fuck i couldn't have put it any better yeah <laughs> so um i'm glad that i'm definitely gonna check it out I'm check really it out red box dollar 75 super interested in that love it all right let's move on to the next one all right so next one is aquaman let's t- kind of secretly talk about aquaman a movie that we all kind of wrote off secretly doing really well at the box office and apparently is a pretty good movie I always want your opinion on it. Still not interested. Still not interested? Um, here's my thing. I like... Uh, I always want to call him Jason Samoa, but it's Jason Momoa, right? Well, either one works, I guess, right? Big motherfucker. Love him. He, you know he throws axes and brews beer? The manliest of men. Um, I just have no... At the moment, I have no interest in exploring anything DC at the moment. Mm-hmm. I kind of ran my course with it. I ran. I read, you know, uh, Darkest Day, Blackest Night, or Brightest... Brightest Day, Blackest Night. Darkest there we go. Night. Yeah, uh, kind of plowed through those. That was my Lantern Corps thing. Uh, you know, the Court of Owls and all that stuff with Batman. And I kind of had my indulgence there. Okay. And at the moment, I'm taking my breather. And I'm sure Aquaman is something that I'll work my way around to. Mm. Um, but at the moment, I, I kind of don't want to deal with this movie. And that's just kind of my opinion. Speaking now. of which. Sure. Uh, the new season of Gotham started up. Now, I have very mixed feelings about Gotham as a whole because... While it is an interesting concept, it varies too far from the source material for me to truly appreciate it. Um, but we spoke about this, man. As long as it's an adaptation, it doesn't need to be completely... No, you're right. Loyal. But it's just like timeline-wise, there's a lot of things that are like... Crisscross. Screwy. Yeah. And that kind of bothers me. My wife loves the show. Like I said, that they're on their fifth and final season, showing some restraint before they completely ran it dry. Um, but I will say, with that all being said, with the first couple episodes or so, pretty... Pretty good. I, w- I will say this about that Gotham. I'm not super like balls deep. I think I'm like season three around. It's just yeah. com- something I casually watch. I love the way they wrote the Penguin. Yeah. I think this is easily the best portrayal we've ever seen of the character. Yeah, yeah definitely. And they did that character a lot of justice. They did um, the Riddler justice. And I think they did Gordon a lot of justice, man. I really like his character. The Riddler is probably my favorite character yeah. in the they, whole thing. Like you said, man, it's not perfect to the source material, but... Mm. It's an adaptation, man. It's somebody's vision, and it's how they interpret it. And I think that's what's important, because if we constantly do just the source material translated into video, like we wouldn't have anything original. Definitely. Uh, so this season, so far, this season so far has got a little bit of the long Halloween kind of vibe to it. A little bit of, um, what's it called? Oh, my God. Dark uh, Nightfall. A little bit of that. Ooh, copy so that. they got a little bit of that kind of vibe going. Uh, interesting. Like I said, not, not horrible, but... Um, so if you're interested in that kind of thing, go ahead and get caught up and check it out. Very cool. Um, so let's talk some gaming, and we're probably going to harp on this. So we apologize in advance. MK11, we've had some <laughs> updates. Yes. And so a couple of the updates we got was we got the Shao Kahn full body with the hammer. Then we got the... Scorpion. 
well, oh no, before uh, Scorpion, there was also Raiden full body with the staff, and everybody was freaking out. They're like, oh, weapons are going to be back in the whole, like, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be weapon variation. But then we kind of got Scorpion, and I don't believe he had a weapon on him, right? He, he had the sword, sword on the back, back. but mm-hmm. he wasn't brandishing it, right? So it might just be like a ninjutsu thing, mm-hmm. his, his variation. But so what I did was I went back and I looked through the characters, and I have a full, I, I want to say it's 28 characters the last time I checked. It's a 28 character main roster with three combat packs. And here is Damn. my yeah I kind of I kind of covered my bases and they're gonna go the compacts are gonna be most believable to least believable. Are we uh, are we gauging my interest in this or um you you can give me your feedback yeah I'm gonna kind of go in let me find my motherfucking uh see I, I saved some stuff on like my like the notes app and then some stuff I'll save in the Google yeah, Docs I, I so I gotta kind of like browse yeah. around <laughs> I did have that problem too Ooh, boy. oh that beer speaking to you huh. <laughs> I love this beer. It's really good. All right. So uh, here is my main roster, and we're going to kind of cover the the necessities at first. Lucan, Katana, Raiden. All three of those are going to be in there, right? Fair. Fair. Jade is my next one, number four. And here's my thing with Jade. Where the fuck was she in MKX? Well, the story is that she went went missing as a revenant, which is very unrevenant. Also, her ending in nine kind of... Yeah. showed uh, the new villain, or, or what we can assume. Yeah, definitely. And uh, they mentioned her a little bit in Jade's, and uh, or in uh, Katana's la- ending ladder and stuff like that next. Yeah, I think Jade's, 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 Jade's a solid pick. Um, yeah. Katana's best friend. They're both forever. Can bring back that fighting style, man. I just want that stupid lance. Mm-hmm. That, uh, stab and flip. You know, I love yeah. that. Um, Aaron Black, uh, I would argue and say he's the strongest of the new villains. Easily, well, I think it's I, fair. I don't even think he's a villain. He's just kind of he's a in the between. He's a he's a floater. Uh, Kotalkan. Yep. He's kind of. I liked him. I didn't love him. I think he's kind of a necessity at this point. I think we uh we need more of him this this week before we just yes. like determine. And I think we need to flesh him out a bit better instead of being like because like where did he come from? We don't know where he came from. We never. He just kind of yeah, yeah he, some he role because he wasn't in the old timeline obviously, and in the new timeline, like you said, he kind of just came out of the woodwork and yeah. it's like I'm Kotalkan. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh yeah, I'm Kotokan, you know, because they needed to fill new character slots, yeah. so I'm here. Yeah. You know? And we, we kind of need to flesh this character out. I agree. I think Aaron Black's on a good standpoint. We need to have him kind of be a little bit more decisive. I like the mercenary side of things, but he kind of needs to realize that dimension or you know realms are at stake here. I yeah. kind of need to pick a side. So yeah. we're kind of got to flesh him out a bit. Instead I think he of, could definitely p- kind of fill that old Scorpion role where Scorpion was kind of a tweener. But he kind of like had his own motives. Have his own, yeah. I, I would prefer him to have his own motives instead of whoever the fuck pays me more. Because mm-hmm. I think he's a really interesting character. I agree with that. Uh, moving on from Kotal, um, I put Havoc on the roster. Okay. Okay. Um, I did not put Reiko on the roster. Because here, here was my, here's my thing. We need one or the other. Because we already have kind of the main villain up there with so, this new person. And I feel like with both of them, it's going to get too convoluted. So why Havoc over Reiko then? I picked Havoc over Reiko because I picked Havoc's counterpart in the main roster as well. And I feel like Havoc would make more sense in this because it's kind of this, what we can assume is like an elder god, right? Taking the role. And Havoc, like you said, man, he's the wild card. He's kind of out there. And I don't think it's quite time for Reiko to shine yet. And I think the next game, I know, I know, I know. It's been (laughs) since like MK4. Yeah. I totally understand. I feel like it would make more sense in MK12 where he's like, where, where it's like Shao Kahn's been gone for what, 30 years now? Shao Kahn's been dead for 30 years. Oh, yeah, yeah, And, right. and Reiko is finally, like, I don't want to say hitting his prime, but he's, he's like, all his enemies are dead. Melina's dead. Katana's dead. Just supposedly Havoc's dead. Like, all his main opposition is dead, and he's like, I'm going to bring back 
the reign of Shao Kahn. I am his true successor. Brotherhood of Shadows, may they kind of take And, and that was kind of my mindset because I had Havoc or Reiko on there. And I kind of finally made a choice. I was like, we're going to say Reiko because he doesn't deserve to be a grade B villain. He deserves to be a grade A villain. And I think Havoc would make a good sub-boss. Not, not, not a good main boss. And we, like I said, we kind of have the main boss kind of out there at the moment. I think Havoc would work better in this because we get to revisit the character. We get to revisit the design. And I think he's going to be super fun to play with. I like the things that you say. Keep me going. So, yeah. I, like I said, I love Reiko. And he was my initial choice. I was going to say Havoc is going to be DLC at best. But we're, we're going to... I flip-flopped. All right. After, uh, after Havoc, we have Scarlet. Okay. And I kind of want to see... Scarlet is a character I want to see more fleshed out. She was a rumor. Came to actualization in MK9. She's made of fucking blood, bro. Her, her fatalities are totally fucking wacky. And she doesn't and have, a, and she doesn't have a, a master anymore because Shao Kahn's dead. Her and Ermac and like Reptile... And, and Melina, I guess, because there's still, like, another Melina, right? Because there's in the Shao Kahn's the, the, the flesh body, Yeah, pits, the flesh pits, yeah. They, can, they all fit in the same kind of conglomerate. They were all creations to serve Shao Kahn. What if they had, like, a like a like a, like an alliance between all of them to kind of forge the realms how they see fit because they don't have a master anymore? There you go. And Scarlet, totally badass character in MK9. Granted, she was DLC. I want to see more work done to her. I think she's interesting. And I think if done right, she could have excellent motives and be a good support to the main story. Okay. After Scarlet, we got Rain. Oh my God! Please give me Rain. Do not fucking cock tease me like you did in MKX. That I, I would argue and say that Rain outfit in MKX is the best we've ever seen on Rain. Ah, the nine the, the nine design was so fucking good I looking. Know, I love I love the X one, but all right. Granted, uh, do you want to see more Rain? Cause I, I do. do. Okay. Uh, Ermac, I want Ermac to make a comeback. He didn't make my cut initially, but then I expanded the list. And um, Ermac is a character I don't feel strongly about, but he's apparently like super popular. He's like number four he, or five. I think he's like. For me, like, he's not on the A tier, but he's, like, the first one on the B tier. Very cool. Um, And like I said, I brought him back because this whole Scarlet Melina thing. Yeah. Where they would have a very interesting dynamic in regards to their purpose and their salvation and their story arcs. And I think that's kind of what we need. We need a stronger story than MKX because MKX was lacking in that department. True. Uh, moving on, these, uh, these four I kind of categorized together. And I would say three of these are safe vets, and number four is a pretty safe fit as well. Sub-Zero, Scorpion, mm -hmm. Reptile, mm -hmm. Noob Saibot. And here's what I want to see done with Noob Saibot. So he got thrown into the Soul Tornado by Night Wolf and MK9, obviously, right? I don't think he's dead. I don't think he's dead. I think the Elder Gods kind of intervened. And I want a brother-v-brother brother fight. I want Noob fighting Sub-Zero. I want, uh, I can't remember his name, fucking the OG Sub-Zero. Uh, Beyond. Bihan. I was I always want to say Hebo for whatever reason, but, no, but I want Bihan else. fighting the Sub Zero, and I want them duking it out. I want like a like like almost like a mirror match, you know? Are we going to throw in for like maybe for control of like the Lin Kuei, Maybe I would say that's how it initially starts, but then they realize what they are to each other, and then they're kind of like we're gonna run this together. Mm -hmm. The Lin Kuei, you know, we're, we're, I don't want to say split it up, but we're gonna run this as a team. Well, I, my my, I have one problem with Sub Zero's quote unquote. I mean, this isn't canon, granted, this is completely irrelevant. Uh, Sub Zero's like official way of running the Lin Kuei is that not originally, not all the Lin Kuei were cryomancers. So why are they not all cryomancers? I don't, I don't understand. I couldn't tell you, man, because um, Sector Cyrax, Smoke, they weren't yeah, absolutely. Um, Noob Saibot is the most requested like comeback character. Mm -hmm. I think it would be a disservice to MK fans if he didn't make a comeback. And like I said, I want to see this. I want to see this story fleshed out. And I kind of want to see, because um, in the comics it fills in why uh, the second Sub-Zero is no longer a cyborg, because Quan Chi stripped him of stripped the metallic him, yeah. armor. Yeah. And I kind of want to see that, where he like 
is this my brother? Mm-hmm. Uh, last time I remember, you were a cyborg. You yeah. know, and I want to see that fight. And like I said, my whole point in this roster is I want a better story with MK. Okay. So those are my four. I think those four are pretty safe bets. Fair. I think I think they're all safe bets. Moving on, um, these next five, six, seven, eight are going to be safe bets. Cassie, Jackie, Kungjin, Takeda, Johnny Cage, Sonya Blade, Jax, Kenshi. I think all those are safe bets with the exception of Kenshi. I don't want to see him go, but I kind of understand that he's... Did you hear the rumor that Sonya is being played by Ronda Rousey? I, I, to my understanding was Ronda Rousey is going to be a DLC character. Is the way I understood it. And I've seen a lot of stuff in regards to that. But yeah. I could see that aspect coming I don't back. know if what Ronda herself would be cool with necessarily her head getting ripped off. Well, you never know, man. She's <laughs> a badass chick. It is a badass chick. Um, here's my thing. I love the four new fighters. Cassie, or I'm sorry, Sonya and Johnny Cage, their story needs to come to an end. And I'm not saying kill them. You Reti- can. Retire them. Jack's retired technically, right? Yeah. Yeah. I And I'm not saying kill them. You can because it's Ed Boone and he does whatever the fuck Ed Boone wants to yeah. do. But bring bring their story down. They're getting old. We've had them since M- we've had both since MK one. Yeah, yeah. I think it's maybe time to put them on the back burner and, like I said, flesh out these four new fighters. They're super interesting. I love them, and I, you know I kind of got back into learning relearning Takeda and blah blah. Okay, so moving on from those four, six, eight, Kung Lao. I think Kung Lao is a staple. Uh, he's kind of getting stale too. Mm-hmm. Maybe try and refigure the character, give him some more story. What when did? Kung Lao go from renegade Shaolin monk to like, just like mayonnaise. Here's the thing. When the timeline thing happened, right? Because Shaolin monks was the total departure of Kung Lao's character. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the issue is that like Kung Lao trained all his life in the White Lotus to be part of the tournament. And then Liu Kang just kind of showed up and won it. And he's like, dude, I just wasted my whole fucking life. There's this kind of this resentment. Yeah. What I want to see, because they're both revenants right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Liu Kang is and Kung Lao. What I want to see is is them kind of... Fight for the nether realm? I don't want to say fight for the nether realm. If you're going to bring them back, make them fight for honor. Make make Kung Lao be like, I've served my purpose. You are clearly the better fighter, even though I've I've wasted my whole life fighting for this tournament. A lot of shit has happened. I was a revenant. We're back. You know, maybe, right? I want to see Kung Lao go... It's up to you now, mm. you know. And if they're revenants, then sure, like, you know, do the do the dark side approach to that. We're like, you're a piece of shit. No, fuck you. You're within ten feet of me. <laughs> you know. Do Do you feel like they kind of painted themselves in the corner with the whole revenant thing? Yes, and no, in a lot of ways. Um, I think they're like, having them as revenants is a really safe way of. Well, shit, man. Maybe they might come back because in the new timeline, there's time travel. We can go back before Quan Chi. You know, did all this. I think it was a very safe way of approaching it, and I don't like that because Mortal Kombat is not a series that plays... I don't want to say plays footsies because we, we play footsies whenever you play a match, <laughs> but it's not a game that beats around the bush, and it takes serious kind of leaps and bounds, and it's it's ballsy. Like, look at uh, Deadly Alliance. They kill the Earthrealm fighter. Yeah, they kill Luke yeah. So what they did was that they're like, we're getting some serious fatigue. What are we going to do? Oh, yeah, let's kill Poster Boy. Yeah, and everybody was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I remember. Everybody remember lost that? their mind. Remember everybody. the intro cinematic? Everybody where he's lost just <laughs> where he grabs his head, and you're like, "Oh, bro, Johnny Cage, Sonya Blade, yeah. Jacks are all gonna come out, and fuck him up right now, and then it's gonna be like the no snaps his neck, yeah. dead. That's pretty Comes hardcore. Back as a zombie. Uh-huh. I think we need to go back to the ballsy approach. Okay. Um, fuck. Who did I leave off on? <laughs> uh, Kung Lao. Kung Lao. Yeah. I, Sorry. I need his character arc to end, and I need something satisfying because I. Fun fact, I've mained Kung Lao in every single game except MKX. He was my go-to. 
And, and now I'm kind of you're right. He's mayonnaise. Mm. I don't really see an appeal behind him anymore. Yeah. I fear. And I now feel. that he's a revenant, he didn't really get any showtime as a revenant either. Yeah, he's bald too as a revenant, which is weird. God. Yeah, I, I love his gaucho costume. Yeah, oh, it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on from Kung Lao, the new I don't want to say the new Earthrealm Defender because Raiden still is technically, but I need Fujin. We teased him in MKX, and he's kind of the next step up. He tr- I believe he trained under Raiden, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. too. We need Fujin. Bring him back. He he was what an MK Armageddon only. Yeah. Armageddon and four. That's it. Armageddon and four. Bring him back. Super. Well, technically he was in mythologies too. We're not gonna get into that. Yeah. Bring him back. We need him to be a main, a part of the main cast right now. He needs to be on the forefront of Earthrealm, and he needs to fill the spot that Raiden is abusing. Yeah. Okay. And that's that's my opinion on him. I think Fujin is a relatively safe bet. Okay. Because he makes sense. He was an MKX. F- please <laughs> bring him. And here's my last character. Without. Whenever I bring Havoc in the equation, I always bring this character. And I think it'd be a very interesting dynamic with Hotaru. So, as we know... Hear me out. Hear me out. Here's, here's my perception, right? <laughs> Havoc is Chaos Realm. Hotaru is Justice Realm. So, we're kind of balancing out here. Order. Uh, yeah, I'm Justice sorry. Justice Realm. Order. <laughs> and so, what I want to see is Hotaru siding with Earth Realm, And I want to see him and Raiden beat the fuck out of each other. And I want the dialogue to be like, Oh, I'm the, I'm the Earth Realm Defender, blah, blah, blah. And then Hotaro's like, yeah, well, you know, you look like a total fucking dipshit abusing all your power. And you, you look worse than Shao Kahn. Yeah, right you now. look worse than Shao Kahn. And I want to see that. And I Okay, first of all, I love the beetle design of Hotaro. I think his, his costume is excellent. I love the flags. And I love his, um, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Like a lance spear thing that, yeah. I don't know the technical term for it. Work with it. I think you can integrate that very well into like the MKX play style mm-hmm. with a lot of bounces and stuff like that. And variations, you could do flags, no mask. One of the variations, you could do the mask and, you know, whatever. I think there's a lot you could do with this character. Flesh him out. If you're bringing in Havoc, I think it's only fair to bring in Hotaru. Granted, Hotaru got a lot less love. I think his character design is very cool. And I think he'll be a good foil to a lot of these other characters. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he could bounce off Raiden like... Dude, you're being a total dick right now, mm-hmm. you know? And you could be like the like the Batman to like when Superman went evil, you know? Oh, okay. Kind of kind of that aesthetic. Don't appeal to my Batman love, goddamn you. I I just I think it'd be <laughs> I think it'd be cool to see him. I think he needs more love. Fair enough. Like like Havoc, man. Havoc got some time. Hotaru got some time. Neither of them shined, mm-hmm. you know? And I think we kind of if you're going to bring one of the equation, it's fair to bring the other one. Okay. All right, and then Shao Kahn, obviously, that's already been announced. So, and then four spots for new characters. Okay? And that fills my uh, base roster. My base roster. Here, here's what I did. I had four on here that didn't make the roster cut, and they're not. They didn't make the DLC cut. So here's what we're gonna do. What was MKX missing? What was it missing? What do you mean? As far as what? All right, I'm gonna say this. MKX is missing secret fights. Secret fights used to be a massive thing in the Mortal Kombat series, where you'd be like, oh, you know, you gotta do this and that. You remember Reptile? You remember the Reptile fight in MK one? One, mm-hmm. it's like oh, you gotta get a double flawless. When something flies over the moon, you gotta enter this combo. You remember that? Mm-hmm. I remember that. Here's my four secret fights, and we're gonna bring them all back as revenants: Cabal uh, Striker, right. Nightwolf, Quan Chi. All his secret fights. And I think that's only fair because I would say Cabal and Nightwolf are kind of fan favorites, maybe mm-hmm. even Quan Chi. Yeah. I think it's only fair to bring them back as secret fights. Maybe not. Like I said, they don't quite qualify on my list for full blown characters, fully fleshed out. Yeah. Bring them back as secret fights. That's the least you could do for these guys. Okay. All right. Now let's get into the combat packs. I got some interesting stuff for you that you All may right. or may not like. Combat Pack 1. Serena, Sindel, Buffy Ann Summers, Carrie White. <laughs> okay. What'd you think? All female. Interesting. Yeah, that was kind of my my motif for this. All right. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like I, that. Buffy. I think Serena's a very interesting character, and I think Sindel only makes sense because she was, she was the Revenant that talked the most in MKX. Yeah. And um, 
she she needs to make a comeback, bro. They they did her character a total disservice, and with the whole katana ruling um, outworld, another realm, another realm. I'm sorry, I get my realms confused. Yeah. Another realm. I think it only makes sense to bring her mom into the equation. Okay. Uh, and then I think Buffy and Summers was a very interesting That's choice. Cool. Yeah. I think it kind of fits the aesthetic. Yeah. And if you want to bring Buffy, I don't like bring some hype behind it. Yeah. Put her in MK man. You know it'll fit. Yeah. You just got to get uh, who was it? ABC that had the rights or? No. TNT. I was, don't know. If it's TNT, yeah. <laughs> we grin lit. And then Carrie, or, yeah, Carrie White. Yeah, come on, cool. bro. That's very cool. Come on, bro. <laughs> Should be Ermac. <laughs> just ever take place Ermac. <laughs> yeah, right. Just a smaller hitbox yeah. Ermac. Combat Pack Two. Uh, Chameleon, Rayco, Myers, Pennywise. Chameleon, Rayco, Myers, Pennywise. Chameleon with the C. Okay. You you love him for some reason. Who? Chameleon. Chameleon. Yeah. I think it'd be an interesting idea to bring him back. Okay. And a lot of these other characters, I was like, eh. you know, when kind of scouring through the list and yeah. stuff. Combat Pack 3. And you'll see why I put this one on here because she's kind of low, very bottom of the barrel. But you'll see. Uh, Frost, uh, she was an MKX. Maybe give her a little comeback. Is it Natara? Are you going to have Natara on this yes, list? Yes, Natara, but wait, but wait. And then directly after Natara, Blade. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's bring Wesley Snipes in here. And then Pyramid Head. Okay, Pyramid Head's kind of cool. And those are my, that's my main roster, Secret Fights, and my three combat packs. Okay. That's kind of cool. And like I said, it went from like most believable, I say the first two are pretty believable. I think you could toss Buffy in there. I think Carrie's less believable. Mm. But three was totally just like shot in the dark. Yeah. And the only reason I put Natara on there, because I was like, man, I need mostly snipes in an MKX game. <laughs> so. I like that. That's funny. Yeah, that's not a bad list. She's, she's also like the only vampire in the MK series, as far as we know. Right? Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah, man. So that was my that was kind of my little MK roster, and um, yeah, man, you, you guys are gonna be hearing a lot more about it. That's cute. Yeah, man, get used to it. Until the well, technically the reveal is later this week on the seventeenth. So full reveal, yeah, full, full next week. The whole community or this Thursday. Yeah, the whole very commu- cool. We'll, yep. I'll be streaming it at work. Yeah, the whole community event will be happening. So we will be recapping recapping that, and then maybe we'll take a little break from it. I don't know. It really depends. Yeah, on we'll what. see. We'll, we'll see if this game gets my pre order or not. Okay. I want to see some gameplay. All right. Um. So let's talk uh, Bungie and Activision. So I guess Bungie and Activision are no longer working together. Bungie decided that uh, they didn't really like the direction that they were going, and decided that they were going to take Destiny and go home, so to speak. Uh, so let, let me preface this right. Um, Bungie's always owned Destiny, mm-hmm. except Activision's just published. It. Yeah, yeah. And so what has happened now is that Bungie said, we're taking our toys, we're going the fuck home. Yeah. Granted, your house is nicer, and you have a lot more toys and a lot more friends to share it with, mm-hmm. but these are my toys, and I don't want you ruining the my toys. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. Mm-hmm. So they're going to self-publish. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a bit rough. Oh, they're self-publishing. Okay. That, I, I guess that's the idea as of right now, because they haven't partnered with anybody else, and I think it might be a good idea for Bungie to self-publish, uh-huh. because... They could take whatever creative leaps and bounds they want with this franchise. Now it's theirs. If if they run it into the ground, it's nobody's fault but, but, their, but, own. but, but their own. Yeah. And so I think it was a pretty ballsy move because Activision's fucking massive, man. Yeah. And a ballsy move, but I think it'll pay off. I think uh, well, with that, that that implies to me that Bungie wasn't even happy with the, the, the with the route that Destiny 2 took. And who knows how long like this has been working behind the scenes where they're kind of like, I don't like what they're yep. doing. Um, ballsy move. Yeah. Ballsy move. Um, if, like I said, man, it, it's um, clearly the writing team has a vision, mm-hmm. and the creators have have something in mind, and they said we can't do this with Activision on our back. Yep. And this is, I feel like this, the the year for gaming in regards to 2018, 2019, I feel like a lot of it's going to be 
big moves with the Sony not being an E3. Now with this, I feel like a lot of companies are going to start kind of especially being with, a little bit bolder. Especially with a lot of these AAA titles going like hitting the dust. Yeah, Bungie like, isn't some fucking indie game. Yeah. It's a AAA title. With Fallout 76 getting critically panned and Yeah, let's not talk ba- about Fallout 76. Battlefield 5 flopping. Get, getting yeah, flopping. And Black Ops 4 slowly dwindling. Yeah. It's the, a lot of these AAA things are going downhill. Yeah. But, so, um we will see. I think it was a wise move on Bungie's part. Due to decisions directly responsible by the publisher, too. All these things. Well, maybe not so much Fallout. But, like, you know, as far as Battlefield Five, this gets still continued backlash from what they did at the Battlefront. And, you know, obviously the Activision. Yeah. Well, at least um, Destiny and Bungie were kind of in a position where they're like, well, this is still technically ours. Mm-hmm. You may be getting royalties and stuff off our product, our yeah. IP. But, like, things like the Star Wars IP and Battlefield... That's technically EA's yeah, shit now. Yeah, that's the shit, yeah. Because they'll buy up a lot of smaller studios, and they're like, this Sorry, is no. us. Yeah. And then their game flops, like Titanfall. Like, it was a great game, but it flopped, you know? The numbers didn't hit till like, later in the life cycle. Yeah, yeah. And they put that game between Black Ops 4 and uh, Battlefield 5. They put it right in the middle. Yeah. It got uh, it got Dark Knighted, just like Hellboy did. And, um, I, you know, EA buys up these little properties, and, well you know relatively smaller properties and yep. eats them up and they're like if it doesn't work all right you guys they're no longer employed by yeah that's weird and this ip is getting tossed on the back burner for a dozen years yeah until somebody else buys the rights for it welcome to gaming in 2019 yep it's true okay um so i kind of had this cross my mind i feel like it'd be a bit easier for you what is the lowest sum of money that you would give up your handle for your gaming handle your twitter handle whatever it may be uh i don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't really because I know you've been wanting to change the Elpic Havoc thing, yeah. right? You've been kind of yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if somebody really wanted it, you could have it for, for twenty bucks. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> if somebody really wanted it, see now mine. I'm on the other side. Mine's a bit. Mine's a lot more personal. You okay. know, this this is my nickname, and I feel like if somebody was like, "What is the sum of money that you would give this up for?" I think for like everything inclusive, I wouldn't settle for anything under twenty k. Because here's here's what I figured. Here's what I figured. <laughs> Here's what I figured, right? And I, <laughs> I just hear me out. What? Okay, go hear ahead. Me out. I just want to pay my bills, man. All right. <laughs> and it's part of my identity. And I know it's totally unrealistic. And <laughs> and unless there's some rich, fucking like Nigerian prince named Jabril, that's like, yo, you have to give me this. I will give you money. You he know? won't give you money. He'll just send people to your house and kill you. Yeah, right. That'd be the easier way of doing yeah, it. Well, what do you think's cheaper, twenty k or a hitman? Go well, this is not a hitman that he's hiring. This is a hitman he's enslaved and sent to another country to kill you. All right. <laughs> Didn't cost him anything. We'll, we'll speak about enslaved hitmen a little later in the game section. But uh-huh. yeah, man, I just, you know, I think that's the lowest I'd kind of sell for. It's like, well, I'm giving up a part of myself, but I, I got all my loans and debts paid off. So <laughs> I know it's totally unrealistic. <laughs> Woo, that's it's funny. totally unrealistic. It's totally out there. I just thought it was kind of fun fact. There's an LP Havoc 16 that exists out there. Dun, dun, dun. No, no, I actually know him. He was trolling me. It was a guy I used to play uh, Siege Vegas with, and he was trolling me one time. And he thought it was fun. He was being you mean funny. Rainbow Six Vegas. Yeah, Siege Vegas. I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, Six Vegas. Uh, he was trolling me. I'm like, what the fuck? So I messaged him. Copy like, that. All right, let's get into the game section. I believe all these are new games. Yeah. Uh, let's play rewrite this. So um, a little bit more MK talk. I put this on here. How this game works is you pick any aspect, topic, person, character, whatever it may be, out of any property you want, you rewrite it. Okay. Here's what I'm rewriting: a uh, a character that the dirt that deserves a lot mm-hmm. more love, uh, Moloch. Mm-hmm. Moloch made his debut appearance in Deadly Alliance, correct? And he was the sub boss. Um, he was this kind of big troll with three eyes and a wrecking ball, and 
you know, kind of nothing special at first sight. However, what I believe would be a better use of Moloch is if they played on this kind of loyalty to the Deadly Alliance. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Shang Tsung, as far as we know, dies in MK9. Mm -hmm. Then you have Quan Chi, and Quan Chi is a total fucking asshole. And the only glimpse we get of Moloch in this new timeline is when Quan Chi is holding his head. So here was my idea of it, right? You have Moloch kind of start to question his allegiances, his alliances, whatever you want to call it. And so you kind of have him to start thinking of his own, right? Because I can only imagine Quan Chi is a total asshole of an owner. I mean, right? he ripped off his head. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's proven, right? Yeah. And so what I think is that Moloch is in this space where he's like, I served the Deadly Alliance. I served Shang Tsung and Quan Chi. Clearly that alliance is over. I need to fight for something I believe in, and I need to fight for something that's right. And then what you could do is you could kind of incorporate Draman back into it. Granted, Draman isn't the most interesting of characters, but those two are best friends, man. I believe they're both Oni, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's something that we can play on here, and I think Moloch can be put back in the limelight. And how I managed his character redesign to be, first and foremost, slim him up. I believe that... Um, I think a lot of these like older characters would work better if you slimmed them up, shortened them, whatever it may be, right? Motaro! Like, Motaro, Blaze, Kintaro, yeah. you name it. I think if we kind of brought them into like a modern physique, it'd be work a lot better. So obviously, we could keep like the hunched over thing, but let's just kind of slim him down a bit, a little bit, right? And so I'd imagine he'd play a bit like Ferritor, but he would, it would be like a Ferritor-Takita combination where he's got some reach with the, with the ball and he's got like some nasty overhead bounces, shit mm -hmm. like that. And I, that's just kind of how I imagine them. Imagine like a tremor crossed over with like a tremor zoner, hmm. like a more zony tremor, like metallic tremor, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I imagined him. Okay. Between like tremor, taquita, ferritor in that, in that area. That's how I imagined him playing. And I think, I don't know, man. I just, I, I love giving, I don't want to say credit. I love giving the limelight to characters that maybe didn't get any in the first place. Interesting. That's kind of my idea. And we spoke about this off air after last week's podcast. What mm -hmm. do you think? I think Moloch deserves some love. I mean, I think he, uh, I think he's definitely a character that's worth revisiting. Um, we are, uh, by the way, we are kind of hitting that Deadly Alliance Deception era in this current timeline. Yes, yes. We're approaching that if we're not already in it. Because we already passed the four era. We, we passed one, two, three, and then four with Shinnok, yeah. so we're right there. Yeah. Yeah. My line's up. Not totally, not totally out there. Uh, I mean, the only issue with the whole Deadly Alliance era is that both of those guys are dead, apparently, according to canon. So. Right, but clearly Moloch was still involved somehow. Unless Quan Chi just... He's like, I, I want this Oni's head. Well, apparently he was like pissed or something. I guess in the comic book they explained that he chose to rip off his head because he was pissed at them failing him or something or other. I don't know, but that's what the that's what the comic book says. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, let's, interesting. Uh, that was just kind of my take on it. You know me. Uh, I'm a sucker for the for the under Oni. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> all right. So let's talk. Let's talk about your new game. What is it? This is called Unlikely Pair. All right. Now, How does it work? I have two. Two out right now, just for today. Uh, basically, what this is is I take two things that you wouldn't normally com combine, or things that didn't have never collaborated before, and I want your opinion on how you think it would work out. All right. So first off, we're going to start with an actor-director combo. We're going to do Meryl Streep, directed by Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. Uh, how did I see this coming? I don't know. Um, okay, question. Mm -hmm. Does is it going to be a musical? No, no. I think Meryl Streep has enough acting diversity, kind of like. Um, Oh, no, I can't remember her name from Halloween. Help me out here. Jimmy Curtis? Yes. I'm so bad with names. You know this when, yeah. I, when I put on the spot. I think she has enough diversity in her portfolio to kind of assume that role. Mm -hmm. And um, my, my concern is that Tarantino's visions and how his stories play out a lot of the time is very counterintuitive to what a normal, quote-unquote, normal story would be, right? He mm -hmm. tells it in bits and pieces and flashbacks and story. You know, like, you don't get the full scene till the end of the movie yeah. is what I'm trying to say here. And I think Meryl Streep... 
I think she would rock that. I just think we would kind of have to break her out of that eggshell of this like beloved actress that we've known since as long as we've been on this earth. You know, yes, for I sure. I think we got to take her out of that Mamma Mia mentality, would at least you, for myself. Would you put her in a villain role? I would put her in a bystander role. I don't know if I don't, she might be able to do villain. She I, did I think, villain in the Devourish Prada. She was a fantastic. That villain. is true. Um, I think she could do it. Yeah. Like I said, it, it's really dependent on the direction Tarantino wants to do. Okay. Because, yeah, I mean, if she's proven herself in that movie and Mike Kranitza was like, yeah, bro, let's name us after that. And then they're like, oh, shit, that doesn't mean what we thought That's it That's not meant. what it was. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what it was. Uh, I thought that was super funny. That's a great but, story. Um, yeah. Uh, like I said, it, it depends on the style and the direction Tarantino wants to take. But I think it's possible. Okay, cool. I'm glad. What's so. your next one? All right. Uh, Steve Aoki producing a song with Corey, featuring Corey Taylor. Steve Aoki is a hardcore kid. He could do it 110%. Yeah. You think so? I think Corey Taylor... You know, fun thing. I think Steve Aoki going into it, I think his mentality would be like, let's do something grimy, hardcore. And Corey Taylor would be like, let's do something toned back and more stone soury. And I think that'd be the kind of conflict they have. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, we, we know Aoki's a hardcore kid. He mm-hmm. kind of grew up in that scene. Mm-hmm. He just decided to produce EDM music. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it would work out. Okay. And I think I think there's a mutual respect for one another there. Okay. All right. One more thing. I, I, just, I just crossed my mind and you're going to laugh. Sure. Now the round studios creating a shooter. Could they do it? Outside the bubble, you think? Too far outside too, the bubble? Too far, man. Leaning too far. Yeah. Um Is it like a striker standalone game or something? <laughs> yeah, that's too far out the bubble, man. Nether yeah, Realm Studios no, is yeah, known dude. for one quality content thing, and that is fighting what? games. So you're telling me that you don't want a uh, remaster of Special Forces? I would not <laughs> like that. Let me get a remaster of all the crap games, like mythology. Well, well, the like the hang on, Excuse uh, not you. crap games, the uh, the the Adventure undergrounds. Games. Yeah. So mythologies, special forces, and there was one more. There's one more somewhere in there. Shaolin monks. No, not Shaolin monks. There was another one in there somewhere too. In like between one and four somewhere. But yeah, Shaolin monks would be a good remaster too. We've been hoping for this for a while now. True, 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 true. Let me get a Shaolin monks too. All right, so this, ne- Jin. this next game I got. Oh fuck, I totally forgot that thing you wanted, didn't want me to forget. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Oh, the yellow card. Yeah, oh, I totally piece of shit. Can, can we retreat? Can we rotate that? Because I I had it, but I, I didn't save any. Can we rotate that to next week? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's my fault. My bad. Because <laughs> you totally told me not to forget. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm working on it. I was, but never mind. Anyway, so this is called rate it. All right, and now what we're gonna do is gonna do one of the following things: either we're going to take a band's full discography and kind of rate where we think every album stands comparatively to each other. Like maybe like worst album to best album, or we're gonna do a filmmaker or an actor. We could do an actor, but I think that would be a lot more work. Uh, make take their best movie, rate it, how we feel about it from beginning to end. All right. Now this week I decided with a band that I have extreme knowledge of their discography. Very cool. I have chosen Lincoln Park for week number one, uh, simply because I've been jamming a lot of Lincoln Park recently and it's making me sad. So I want to kind of do a little fitting tribute. And kind of talk about what I think is, like I said, some of, some of the albums that you can skip. And some of the albums that you may want to re-listen to again because I think they're a masterpiece overall. You ready to go? Yeah, let's talk. All right. So, as far as worst album, I, I think it's very simple and easy to say that One More Light, the most recent album, was probably their weakest album. Uh, I've listened to it after the fact. And I still can't seem to attach myself to any of the real any of the songs. There is a there's like the One More Light song that's like the only one that I really connect with. Everything else kind of is just so far outside of the bubble that I, I don't feel like it fits. And I think it's a total, you know, blister on the on Copy their, that. On their no, no disagreement there. Yep. Moving on along. 
Uh, Living Things. Was it Living Things? Yeah, Living Things. Yep, 2012. Yep, I think this is an album that's very easily forgotten because it was kind of, you know, in the mix. But there's a lot of stuff in here that's just bland or okay at best. Unseasoned chicken. Yeah, and like you said, it, you get what you needed from it, but you you won't. It won't be tasty. It won't sustain you. Yeah, it won't be tasty. So I think Living Things kind of, like, for other than like Lost in the Echo, there's a lot of songs on here that are just kind of a blur to me and they kind of blend together and i think it's very easy to skip that one all right now moving along uh now this one was this was where it starts to get a little bit hard because i think it's safe to say for me here every album here on after i at least joined somewhat so right. would you say i think your next one's going to be reanimation is it actually i didn't count the the remix albums on, on this ah, list yeah because gotcha. they have two and they're already they're already created content you mm. know what i mean so, so I, is it a thousand suns it's not right. uh i think to me it's minutes to midnight Honestly. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, so hit home, bro. Yeah, I'm sorry. So I love Minutes to Midnight. It's a great album. And I've actually grown to more like it more as time has gone on. Oof, my feelings are hurt. But again, okay. But here, again, like I said, everything after that point, I think I got to say that I enjoyed it at least for the most part. All right? Sure. And obviously this has like given up and bleed it out. And oh, my uh, God. Talk to me about bleed it yeah, out. I love Sha- that song. Shadow of the Day and Leave It All the Rest. Great songs. But comparatively, again... Uh, I just don't think it's as good. You're actually going to be shocked, I think, by what I what my number one is. Your I, number one? Yeah, what the, I think is the I rank the best album. Sure. All right. Guess so, your next one is a thousand sons. No, you're incorrect. Hunt, the hunting party is actually. Oh next. yeah, I totally forgot about that album yeah. too. That I remember that came out shortly before Warp Tour 2015 because we were playing Pokemon Go and the stop was at a. <laughs> remember i sent you a screenshot of that. yeah so talk to me about this album so uh the hunting party is kind of Lincoln park returning to form uh and doing some good things more of a rock kind of vibe you know more a little bit more aggressive vocals uh, and every song i at least like for the most part i'm looking at it and there's not a song that i dislike so sure, like i that. said uh, i think it's a good middle benchmark uh as far as like the whole discography and i like it a little bit more then minutes to midnight. That's my opinion. Moving on to the next album, which I think we have one. Oh, I'm sorry. One, two, three, three left. Uh, damn, this is the this is it's, this is the nitty gritty, huh? It's hard to say. Hybrid theory. <laughs> Meteora is three. Uh, because it is a rehash, basically of everything that happened off of Hybrid Theory. But I love every, Meteora, though, but man. every single every single breaking song. Breaking the hammets. Breaking the ha- <laughs> hammet. <laughs> Breaking the Habit, Somewhere I Belong, Faint. Yeah. I remember when the, the music video for Faint came out. You remember that? Yeah. The, fu- the album fucking rips, all right? I mean, yeah. I'm not... It's that, um, it's that when they're in their new metal phase. Yeah. That album rips. It fucking rips. And then... I think three is a, is a very good spot for it. Yeah. All right. So, I love the album. Most songs, I, like I said, I pretty much enjoy everything on, every single song on here. Again, this is all personal preference, ladies and gentlemen. Number two is Hybrid Theory. I love Hybrid Theory. Formative album changed my life. I've hyped harped on it previously. I don't need to go much into it. So, Thousand Suns. Number, is your number one, one is A Thousand Suns. To me, it is the ultimate package. It's a little bit of everything. It's unique. It has that weird uh, synthy kind of vibe they went through, but they also kind of had those hard edge rock songs on there as well. Also, aesthetically pleasing. Uh, I like a lot of the artwork that came along with it. Um, and live, it was a fucking banger. It, it was a face. Me- it was face melting. So. That's what I got as far as, and they had all the interludes and stuff that kind of added a little flavor and the little, sauce and yeah, the added some icing on, icing on top of that cake. Uh, cool. I love it, and to me, it's still my favorite Lincoln Park album. 
They're very hard to beat. I like how you had a thousand suns like right near the bottom. But hey, man, we differ. It is what it is. Uh, it just it hits me in all the right places, man. Good copy, sir. Yeah, that was you? a very um, compelling overview over their discography. Yeah, and I look forward to playing this game next week. Uh, so maybe we won't do a discography. Maybe we'll do uh, stitch it up a bit. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like we might fall into a rut of ten song set list with this kind of thing, but it's going to be an album overview. You know? Yeah, I feel so. You. So we'll switch it up. And then, oh, that's the last of the games. That's the last there. of the games. So three new games. I'm hoping they stick around. I think they're fairly interesting. We got yeah. some solid talking points in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, perhaps next week we'll do a band that we're both more familiar with because I kind of fell off after the 2012 era, after mm. Minutes to Midnight. I mm. didn't really keep up with Link Park. That was like that. 2007, but okay. Was it? Yeah. Or oh, Fuck, maybe it was the album after that. That it was... was n- no, it was... I fell off after Thousand Sons. Thousand Sons, okay. Because I remember listening to that album briefly. And didn't really capture what I was looking for at the time. I feel you. And, you know, thus I kind of fell off the train. I feel you. Yeah. So that was 2010 era. All right. Let's talk music, news, and reviews. So we had two kind of bigger singles this week uh, from bands that are moving forces in the scene. There's no way around this right now. Facts. One more than the other. And we got, you know, you can't call them newcomers at the moment. Mm -hmm. But uh, Wage War dropped a single called Low and... Norma Jean dropped a single called Something Something Children. Children of the Dead? Children, Children of the, of the Dead. dead. You were Children correct. Children of the Dead. Um, talk to me, because you said you got some strong opinions on these singles, and I wasn't too sure what you were getting at, because I was kind of drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, like you said, the, you know... Let me talk about... Norma, let me start with Norma Jean. Norma Jean, their last Norma album, Jean's not even the same band anymore. They're not. They're, they're very far from where they were. That's a good thing, though. I think it's a good thing. Uh, Norma Jean's last album, which was Polar Slim Similarities, I think. Twenty sixteen. Yeah, it was a fucking hell of an album. I believe it was one of your honorable mentions. As yeah, well. it was a dark horse that year, and it was really good, right? And now I am happy to report that they are going down the same path and continue to write some good music. I think they've gotten better with time because I think some of that earlier Norma Jean stuff was noise just as for the sake of being noise. I feel I would put earlier Norma Jean in the same category that Dillinger Escape Plan was, but toned down a lot of. Toned down a lot of the aspects that what made Dillinger great. I could, I, I would agree with that. I yeah. think that's a fair that's a fair assessment. It was, it was violent. It was noisy. It was in your face. But it was just that. It wasn't. It didn't take that to another level. I think outside of the live performance, I I don't think it translates very well. Out, you know, in the CD, sure, on the listening format. If you're not seeing it like right in front of you, then it's not. It doesn't have the same kind of grasp. But uh, yeah, they did a great job with this new song. I like it. A little repetitive, but hey, it's an opening single. Usually those are. It, it was. Um, I thought the single was okay. Yeah. I think it was a bit safe. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's the same of what they're doing on the last album, which isn't an issue. Mm-hmm. And we'll kind of talk about this with Wage, with the Wage War single. Um, it was a safe bet, and it was a quality song. Mm-hmm. It didn't woo me. Um, it's something I'll maybe bump mm-hmm. a little bit more. Uh, I think they're due for an album, right? It's been yes. three years. So we should be, I would say summer, but I don't have anything official to base that off of. This but. is fair. Yeah, so I I enjoyed it a lot. I think they're gonna do a good thing. I, I'm really looking forward to this new album. Cool. I think it's Let's be good. talk about the Wage War single. What do you think of it? Moving on. <laughs> uh, okay. I think they're uh, they have officially entered that 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 twilight that Bermuda Triangle of metalcore bands is just like okay, go ahead with uh, I Prevail and all those type Ooh, of bands. Okay, yeah, that's kind of rough. That, well, let, let me talk to you about this. Okay. Because uh, because I'm a little bit I don't want to say more lenient. I'm more open to what they're doing. Okay. I think their sound. Sonically, they're doing the same thing Wage War has always done. They're doing uh, metalcore essentials. They're hitting all the buttons. They're not doing anything special. 
which isn't to say it's a bad thing. We kind of spoke about it as a generic metalcore. I do enjoy Wage War. And I think the best aspect of, of a lot of their songs is the lyricism and the writing. I feel like the writing pierces through a lot of the other things. Yes, they have breakdowns. Yes, they're grimy a lot of the time. Yeah, they got them lows. They got them highs. They got them cleans. Nasty guitar riffs. I really like the songwriting in this song. I don't love much else about it. Mm-hmm. I, I think I don't want to put it in the same vein as this Norma Jean single, but in in very much the same way, it's a safe bet. If you're, if, and there's nothing wrong with liking Wage War, you know. Sometimes Wage War is a very safe bet, and it's something maybe you should show somebody who's transitioning into the metalcore scene, mm-hmm. you know, because they got two albums. They've been very consistent, and I I promise you, this third album is going to be, this is going to be the most consistent metalcore band in in ages, right? The new album's heavier, slightly, by like an octave, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my thing. Instead of chug, chug, it's chug, 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 chug. It's, it's, <laughs> it's an extra two chugs yeah. and it's a little slower tempo. Yeah. And, and that's my thing with Wage War. I don't think there's anything wrong with this single. It's a very safe bet. But I think the lyricism is just a step above what everybody else is doing at the moment for Wage War. Okay. And I've met these guys. They're really cool guys, really nice. It's just a matter of... Uh, <sighs> They're playing it safe, man. That's my thing. I think they could go above and beyond. I really think they can. They've shown that they're shown they're at that level, and I feel like they're afraid to kind of overachieve right. Yeah, now. I think they're playing below their their. their they're, they're like that student who's like floating between a B and a C, just because they do the bare minimum. Yeah. You know, when the teacher knows that you could easily have an A in this class, and I feel like that's what they're that's what they're at right now. My my one of my teachers said one time when I was in school, he's like, if if you had to write three words to get a C or five to get a, get an A, Jacob would write the, the three words to get a C. And I think that's where they are. Like you said, I think they're playing just a, 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 a maybe a step and a half down from where they're capable of. And like I said, man, Wage War is a band that's, like I said, going to be more, the most consistent band out there. And this is a safe single, and I like it to an extent. I don't love it. You know me. I've been kind of in the grimier stuff lately. Mm. But... um. Check it out. It's worth a listen, at least. Uh, let us know what you think. That was kind of our overview of it. I know Jake's kind of a bit more critical on them, but they, I mean, okay, look, look at the first album, Blueprints, right? Their debut album. 21, when that song was out, that uh, and Youngblood, bro, those two songs tore me the fuck apart because lyricism in, that, in those two songs are fucking beautiful. I love it. Love everything about it. And then we get into Deadweight, which was good. You know, I love Johnny Cash. It's probably my favorite song off that album. But they're very much, it's it's this kind of force holding you back where you can see it, you can see or hear it. It's like, I know these guys can take it above and beyond right now. But they're well, not. you know what I think the problem is? It's like, you. What is, what is the saying is, if you're an artist, you're, you're writing your first album your whole life. I believe what, uh, I, can't, I can't remember if it was Elvis Costello or Johnny Cash. He said, it takes 10 years to write your first album and then a year to write your second so I'm saying, yeah, you spent your whole first, your whole life writing your first album, so it has those pieces that maybe kind of stretch past time and all those things that are kind of uh, bigger than you at the moment. And after that, you're kind of just following up. You're just chasing that. Here's that. my opinion on Wage War, and I think you might agree with this. Do you remember when you played Magic? Do you remember what a staple was? It was a card that can go in any deck because of its utility. Uh-huh. They're a staple band. You throw them on any set list, good set list. I think they'll fit in with just about anybody you throw them under. Amity Affliction, Every Time I Die. I've seen them with both those bands, actually. I think they'll be a good addition to, to any set list. Okay. Or any, any roster. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll see as both these bands develop. 
And I, you know, I think this is a good little discussion. Interesting. So you got another band on this list. Stick to your gun. So I want to talk about something real quick. Yeah, they're, they're overdue. Now they are extremely overdue, and I just want to give them a quick uh, love session. Yeah, her name was Amber. Yeah, because they're a band that has been extremely consistent. Like, like, and kind of the opposite. Well, yeah, kind of the same way that we had. When we were just talking about wage war, but I feel like they're always doing a little bit more. Everything is a step, a slight step up. He, they're doing what every time I die is doing. They're not comparing themselves to the wave of metalcore at the moment. They're comparing themselves to their last album. Yeah, very much like every time I die, the architects. They're they're. It's like bam, you know, uh, from a step up from their last album. Yeah, it's like what can I do to better this band? Yeah, so. I was listening to some some of their stuff, and oftentimes, and there's a couple bands that 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 do this for me. But oftentimes, it's like, man, I'm like my shit's on shuffle. And I'm like, who was that? Stick to your guns every fucking time. I'm like, yeah, I love them, and I just want to give them a quick quick shout out because they're good, and I like very them a lot. cool, and sir. they've been good for a very long time. Yeah, so. um, I'm hoping for an album this year. Me too. It's been what 15? two years, two years, three years at least. Let me look. Ooh. Hold on. It was the that map looking album, right? Well, let me pull it up real quick because you might be right. I might be underestimating that. Hopefully, yeah. We, we need to see more of them. We need to see them because they haven't toured in the last year, or so I don't believe so. I mean, look. I want to see them with like straight from the path. On a, on a seventeen, bill. so two years, two years. Yep. But you were correct. The map album was seventeen. Was very cool. Yep. Um, next topic: the Great American Bagel is back in the studio. By Great American Bagel, I mean the Great American Ghost, which is a band. That I that we kind of unearthed. Huh, you see, did nah, 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 last nah. year they're a hardcore band out of Massachusetts, Boston, and they are grimy. Yeah, they are dirty, and they got everything we love in that Boston hardcore oh, scene. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what they come up with. Yeah. I have a lot of high hopes for this band and what they're going to bring to the to the zone. My only gripe is that I hate all of their merch. That's fair. You know, I love them as a band. I hate their art cover. Their their covers. Their art. Album art. I don't like it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I feel like it's trying too much to be hardcore. Yeah, I didn't mind the last one so much from uh the 2017 album uh-huh. with the face, but I feel like everybody's doing faces now, man. Like yeah. uh, Ghost Key did it. Um, this one of the bands I'm gonna bring up this week did it too. But well, yeah, what's with like beat up faces and album covers now? I don't know. Oh well, we'll see. It's about self expression, man. I'm excited to see it. I'm sure it'll make my top ten of the year. Yeah. We'll see about top five. This is a band I'm excited for. Very cool. So like I said, we're carrying over the yellow card because yeah, because Jake didn't do a ten song set. I, I'm a dipshit. Even when I reminded him yesterday, he did. He's, he's correct. So let's do Certified Bangers of the Week. This is something we're bringing back. Uh, right. Do you have any songs? Out the- uh, hold on. Because I do. I have uh, I have a couple. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, actually, I have an album that I want to call out. That sure. That came out in 2017. Real quick. Remember a band called Spite? And if you just love grimy fucking hardcore, you just want to fucking punch a baby in the face. And I have one. <laughs> this is what you listen to. Spite's new out, or most recent, I guess. 2017. Nothing is beautiful. They just want to make me fucking hit somebody. Very cool, sir. Very cool. <laughs> I have uh, four singles here. Okay. So, uh, to be fair, two of these are f- tail end of 2018 going into 2019. First okay. one is Dead and Gone by Rising Insane. Rising Insane being the bed, Dead and Gone being the single. Okay. This is a band that is heavily influenced by the architects. They got the blechs. They got the... You know, the same pedal effects and shit like that. Okay. Check it out. They're like the fucking Western version of the architects. What are they called again? Uh, Dead and, or I'm sorry, Rising Insane is the band, Dead and Gone is the single. Okay. Check that out. I think it's a pretty cool, like, homage to the Architects early, like, I want to say, like, Hollow Crown to All Our Gods era. Like I said, when you you hear that riff, you're like, okay, Architects, and then when you hear the black, you're like, yeah, that's Sam. 
All right. Copy. Yeah. All right. So I think it's a good kind of. That's yeah. a good copy. Very cool. Uh, this is a band that whose album drops on Friday that I have pre-ordered because I am so excited. And this this album, or I'm sorry, this band took me by the balls in the last couple of days, and I've listened to nothing since. Okay. So here's the single. It's expiry date, twelve hours, right? And it's band. It's by a band that's wrist meat razor okay. and it's this like you said this this is straight out of 2006 yeah and i love it because it sounds like myspace core yeah and it's not that like like that uh myspace core it's like job for a cowboy but it's like job for a cowboy it, yeah. you remember when job for a cowboy was on myspace you remember yeah. that you remember when like I, I hate to bring him back up again but like his blood runs black and like all these throwback bands like chelsea grin and all that shit they well, Chester Green was like tail end, man. They were, they were 2010. But um, this band epitomizes everything that was good about that 10-year span from 2000 to 2010. Everything that was good about a grimy, in-your-face, hardcore, metalcore band. And I love it. And these singles, like I said, these guys have two demos, two demos with three songs, and then the four singles off the new album. Holy shit, I love it. Huh? I pre-ordered this thing, and you know how I feel about pre-orders? We always talk about this. I promise you this will make my top five this year. Question. Sure. So are, do they? is this their first full length? This is their first full length album, yes. Okay, because when I looked them up, I'm like, okay. Yeah, that, that, they have two demos. Like I said, they're like three songs a piece and the four singles. Because this album art makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> it, the, for the new album? Yeah. It's the face again. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Wrist Meat Razor. Seriously, check them out. Do not sleep on this fucking band because they're going to they're gonna blow the fuck up. All right. And I can see them touring with like CU, CU Space Cowboy and... Shit like that. I want to see them on major bills. I want to see them opening up you know at like dirty, grimy shows at the bottom line. You know what they can do with? What? The Art is Murder. Yeah, that would be grimy. They, they could open up for Every Time I Die, man. That shit would be... That's like in the same territory. Well, granted, Every Time I Die is like in everybody's territory <laughs> now after point. that Fallout tour. Yeah, but, um, a good point. <laughs> seriously, don't sleep on this band. They dropped, uh, they dropped a more recent single, but this one is the one that, that took me by the balls and said... You are now our fan. You're coming with me. <laughs> yeah, you're coming with me. Seriously, this <laughs> album drops Friday. Don't fucking sleep on it. Wrist Meat Razor. All right. Uh, and Okay, and that I kind of started highlighting what I think my single of the week is. That wasn't it. Okay. Fun fact. Um, so there's another band called Left to Die. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I got this all fucked up. I put the single name first and then the... So the single is called Left to Die by a band called Kill. Nice and simple, right? When, okay. When metal bands had one words. Right. Um, so this is uh, this is nice and thick. This is like if you like the Hammer by Kublai Khan in that territory. Very good. Very, uh, you know, left to die by kill. OK. And then here is my single of the week. This is a band that you and I are both familiar with. And I feel like that doesn't get enough limelight on this show. Hi. The single is called Nothing by Millen Collin. OK. Ooh. Do you remember Millen Collin? No. What? Are you oh. serious? Come on, bro. Underground one, underground two, pro skater. Oh, oh, okay. I'm Superman. Okay. Come okay. On, bro. I'm sorry, dude. It's been a while, dude. Check that out. It is the epitome of skate punk. Yeah. I love it. And it made me feel like I was twelve again. And you know if that does that to me, it's it's on my good side. Nothing by Bill and Colin. You'll you'll hear their their big single and you're like, Yeah, I remember this. <laughs> and you remember skating through the hangar and shit. Copy. Yep. That is my single of the week. That. So with that, I think that's the that's the pod this week, right? Episode 101. Yep, 101. That is the basics. Back to basics episode of the Second City Kids podcast. We want to welcome you guys and then say goodbye because we're leaving. We already welcomed you. Yeah. So you can go ahead and like us on all the usual channels such as iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Google Store, uh, Friendster, 
MySpace, uh, Facebook, all that good stuff. We were there. You can go ahead and leave a like. Like, a, uh, like friend us on the Slipknot forums, uh. <laughs> <laughs> right? I am. I am still a. I'm still a maggot. No, I was gonna say I'm, I am a dead member of the Lincoln Park Association forums. So if you want to go ahead and hit me up on there, I think. Last time I checked, I, think my I still na- have like my Bioware account when they stud their forums up. I think <laughs> my my last name on that was TDWP Jacob. I think if I remember correctly, I'm have to look that up now. And I'm curious. I want to see. It's so edgy. Yeah. I so it. it's uh, like dude, LP. I had the the rats the roots below and batches above uh, as my 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 profile. The album cover or the, the album cover? Yeah, yeah. So the album cover. Anyway, uh, yeah, you can go ahead and like us on those usual channels. Go ahead and leave a like and uh, rate us on iTunes and all that good stuff. And um, we'll see you guys here next week for next episode. 102? 102. I- uh, approaching 105. <laughs> yeah, we are trucking along to episode 200. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Yeah, we'll, we'll be there within two years, I think, probably. I think that's reasonable. That map hand lands hands out correctly. But yeah. Uh, but until then, uh, me and Adam actually have discussed getting the sports show off the ground starting next week. So I'll probably do one day with him the next day with you. But until then, we will see you. And um, what's the thing I say, Gabe? Deuces. Oh. <laughs>